Father, as the one that opens the door, as the one, the spirit of this congregation, this local congregation, as in this season that you've called me to, to be like the, the arrowhead, Lord, I want to open up the door for you, for that which you want to come and do in our midst. And we say, come, Holy Spirit. I want to say, Lord, come and do in our midst that which you want to come and do. We surrender and we yield to you, Holy Spirit. So come and do what you have on your heart, Lord. Even as Skulk share right now, Father, we, our hearts, we open up our hearts to receive that which you want to come and do in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, I do want to say, I, I don't think I'm going to sh- share very long this morning, but I do think there's a, a, a response in the Lord's heart. Uh, when uh, um, Eileen brought the scripture in Isaiah 6, Chris, and you can someone get Isaiah 6 for me. Um, very interesting that the past two, three weeks, I've been meditating on that portion of scripture alongside with Matthew 9. And when she brought it, I have this question that I often ask the Lord. And um, I felt like Him encouraging me and inviting me to ask this. And I, I, maybe it's not a, a very biblical question to ask, but something that I've been asking the Lord is, Lord, where, where is your spirit? Where is your dove? What are you doing? Where is your dove? And this morning, I, as I asked that question, I'm like, Lord, I, I know this, we're busy with a series um, and preaching through something that's very important. And um, this morning as we uh, stood there, I just asked them, Lord, where is your dove? And as I said that, Eileen brought the word. And as she brought that scripture, I knew. I just knew. Okay, this is the Lord speaking. This is definitely not a coincidence. Um, and I, uh, before, uh, before I go into that, I think we're different people here in this room. You've maybe for the, maybe your first time visitor and you've noticed, uh, you know, it, it maybe felt you a little bit like a holy chaos inside you, you know, different people taking the mic and then this one is singing a song and then this one is jumping on the stage and, you know, and then they jumping and then they crying and what is, you know, what is going on? And uh, very much, I can point you to a couple of scriptures, but the one that I thought of while I, I stood there at the side with our, our daughter, the, the one that actually came to mind as I looked at what was happening was in John 3 verse 8. And it speaks about the activity of the Holy Spirit. And it says, The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sounds, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now as Josh Jane, we believe, and, and as Christians, we believe, this is foundational to what we believe. That as Jesus died for us on the cross and He took our place and um, he, he, uh, he took our sins upon Him and uh, we can walk in forgiveness of sin because of what He has done. And we believe He got raised from the dead on the third day. But what, what's very core to what we believed after all of that is that He wants and desires to fill us with His Spirit. And being filled with His Spirit also means that we have the responsibility to follow His Spirit. And to follow His Spirit is very much as this description in John 3 verse 8. He's like the wind. You can feel it, but you can't necessarily see it. 
You know, when uh, someone brings a song, it's because he, there's something that he felt God is stirring specifically in him. The song that Keenan brought is something that he felt. He came to Morris that was here in the front and said, I feel this. And Morris said, yes, go for it. And he brought that. Then I, um, I know there was a couple of uh, prophetic words. And Eileen came to the front with that scripture. There's something that was stirring in her. Because we know she loves the Lord and she's filled with His Spirit. As Keenan loves the Lord and is filled with His Spirit. So we very much believe as we read in Romans, that the sons and the daughters of God are those that follow the Spirit. It's very much core to us. So if you see chaos, might be a testimony to you of the activity of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Amen? Amen. So I want to quickly take you to Matthew 9. Matthew 9, before we go to Isaiah, if you are taking notes, you can write this down. Matthew 9, verse 9 to 13. And here we have something interesting happening. Jesus is, he called some of his disciples, but he encounters Matthew, a tax collector. Now, to give you some context, the tax collector in the Jewish time, I think for some of you, it's maybe still the, the, the picture you have of any tax collector, but it wasn't necessarily a good picture and a favorable picture in that time. And contrary, they were equal to be viewed as a thief. And very much these Jewish tax collectors were seen as traitors. They worked for a Roman government and they took money from their own nation and often they would take, take money for themselves and also give some of the money to the Roman government. So you need to understand that context and you can read with me. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew. I want to stop there. Can you imagine that moment that Jesus saw Matthew? I can imagine the other disciples looked also at Matthew and they were like, traitor. But Jesus saw a man sitting there. You know, often we read that he was moved when he looked at people. I can just imagine when he looked at Matthew at that time. Matthew knew. I'm telling you, Matthew knew what sin he was doing. Matthew knew the way that people looked at him. He knew it. And Jesus looked at him with compassion called Matthew sitting at the tax booth and he said to him these beautiful words follow me now also just to give you context of those words follow me it is not a coincidence that Jesus actually used those words you know in that time the in the Jewish culture to, uh, to I think it's until the age of 12 or 13 you were not first but it was just part of your culture you had to study the Torah so you can quote the first five books of the Bible out of your head, okay? It was just part of your culture. And then you, when you became um, a certain age, you had to make a decision. Either, you're either going to study to become a rabbi, or you're going to, you know, you're going to um, go and do what your father did or your mother did. So, for example, if my dad was a carpenter and I'm a certain age, I can decide. I either want to pursue the biblical studies further. You know, I want to become a rabbi or I'm going to become a carpenter like my father. And what would often happen is if you want to become a rabbi, you would go to the rabbi, any rabbi in that, in, in, in that sense. You can say, listen, I, I want to become a rabbi. And the rabbi would, would sit that um, um, student down and would ask him questions about the Torah and ask him to quote certain things. And, you know, if he's impressed enough, he would tell the student, listen, okay, you can follow me. 
They used those words. Now, when they used those words, they're basically saying, listen, I believe you can become what I, what I am to a certain extent. I see the potential in you. You see those words that Jesus used when he looked at Matthew, follow me, was not a coincidence. And contrary, it offended a lot of people when he used those words. Follow me, Matthew. I see what you were created to be. I see what I am calling you for. Isn't that beautiful? Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, now you can just imagine, they're seeing Jesus eating with sinners and, you know, specifically Matthew also being in that room, tax collectors. And the Pharisees, for those of you that don't know, what is a Pharisee? A Pharisee is someone that, that actually knew the law of God very well. And they were quite zealous of following this law to the letter. And contrary, they even created laws on the laws. So they tried to be more holier <laughs> than what God actually required through the law. But they were zealous about the law. And they see this Jesus that calls himself, uh, um, uh, um, that, that is calling people to follow him. And they see him hanging out with sinners. And they ask him, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those are well have no need of a, phys a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. And he makes the following statement. He says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. That statement, I can imagine, spoke into the heart of those Pharisees that came and looked at him and just said, why are you doing this? According to the law, you actually cannot do this. And I said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. They so used to give and sacrifice just to follow the law to the T. And yet Jesus takes on the very core of that and says, from the outside, you look like you're doing the right thing. From the outside, you, 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 look, you, you, know, you look like these holy figures. But your inside is actually empty. You're not filled with mercy. And there's only one that can give mercy. But you know, Jesus was quoting from a passage when he used that phrase. And he quoted from Isaiah 6. The scripture that Eileen brought. Are you still with me? I'm almost done. In Isaiah 6, you see the nation of Judah and Ephraim actually slipping away from the ways of the Lord. And this is the context where the prophet Isaiah is speaking into. And I'm going to read it again to you. I know Eileen read it, but I want to read it to you. It's powerful. It says, Come, let us return to the Lord. It starts with an invitation. It says, Come, let us return to the Lord. For He has torn us that He may heal us. He has struck us down and He will bind us up. It almost reminds me of discipline that comes from a father. Doesn't it? When, when I read that, I often, I, I thought about the, the father. I mean, we're in a stage with, with Emma specifically where you now start disciplining. And, and there is a, often, it's not, wind sounds very bad, but you know what I mean. You discipline 
but hopefully the fruit of it is nearness in the end. Does it make sense what I'm saying? And it reminds me of that. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will raise us up. Isn't it beautiful? I feel like He saw into the future there. That we may live before Him. Let us know. This is key. Let us press on to know the Lord. He's going out as sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes early away. He's speaking to these two um, nations and telling them, your love for me, it's like all of you, I think Wellington, only in the winter, now and again we get dew, not through the summer at all, but in the winter we get dew, and it's usually in the morning, so as the sun comes out, the dew disappears. And it's, he uses this picture of the love that they, they have for God. It's like the morning dew. It is there. It, it starts off well, but as the sun comes, it disappears. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as light. And then he writes the very words that Jesus quoted. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burned offerings. Isn't that beautiful? You see, there's an invitation that the, the prophet actually pitched towards these two nations and told them, listen, what the Lord desires isn't necessarily, just hear me, I don't want you to hear this morning that I'm saying good works is not important. We need to walk out our salvation. There is a call for us to do good works. But if the inside is disconnected from the very one that created you, you are just busy with your own works and you're busy with sacrifice and you're busy with your own burned offerings. What He is doing is drawing us near. Not that you can just have a special encounter. Yes, it's maybe part of it. But He's drawing you near. He's encouraging you to press on and to know the Lord. To know the Lord. The very thing the Pharisees did not have. They were good with their works, but their hearts were disconnected completely from the one that made them. And this morning, the invitation is very simple to us. And I felt actually this one thing. We often don't do this. And I actually felt the Lord actually wants to do this, Maris. I felt like there's some of you, you have been following the Lord. And there's actually a call for prodigals to come back to Him this morning. Let us return to the Lord. I feel like there's some of you, you, you know you've, you've become almost a lukewarm in your heart when it comes to all the Lord. Maybe you've, you, you know, you do all the religious activities, but you know you live with a disconnected heart. And this morning, He's calling you back to Him. The very purpose that you were made for. That is Him. That is Him. I'm going to read that verse again, and then I actually want to create an opportunity for us just to respond. Just that last part. Quickly close your eyes. Just almost hear the prophet Isaiah speaking, speaking this. For I desire, God desires, steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burned offerings. 
You see, the very mistake we can make is to cling to our boxes and our opinions and our ideas and, and actually not press on to know the Lord. Not know Him according to how you want to know Him, but to know Him according who He is. Lord, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that there's a clear invitation to every heart this morning to return to the Lord. So firstly, I want to ask you, if you know in your heart there's maybe a lukewarmness that has settled. Oh, you, you know, you've, you've been following the Lord, but you've drifted away. And you're desperate for Him. This is a season for rain. Let's ask for rain. And if you know you need to respond, I want to encourage you. This season, respond. <laughs> so if you know there's a lukewarmness or you've drifted away, can I ask you, I usually we just ask you to put up your hand, but I feel like I'm fine for it, that I want to ask you to come to the front. If you're desperate for Him to come and just revive your heart again, please come to the front. Please, I know, I know for a fact there's, there's some of us that need to respond here. Come, 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 come. He's faithful to revive us. That's what He does. just going to give a couple more seconds. I do feel like there's just something on this. Hearts returning to Him and hearts turning back to Him. you like never before like, I want you to look at me I believe God wants to grip you like never before I believe there's a je- like I want you to hear this there's a jealousy in his heart for you and he's been fighting for you and I feel like there's uh, it's this it's like uh, almost like a line in the sand this morning and, and and it's his jealous love that brought you to this place you need to know that Nothing that you've done. It's His jealous love that brought you to this place. And I, I just, I felt as she walked, I just felt like the Lord saying, remind Him. Remind Him, remind Him, remind Him. He's so jealous for you. Everything is so jealous for you. And He wants to grip you like never before this morning. I've, even as you guys respond, and again, I just, just close your eyes and just see. Imagine you were in Matthew's shoes. You always know. Like maybe there's a, a slacking or there's a, there's a lukewarmness. And that moment when Jesus just walks, I mean, I can just imagine it. He just caught Matthew's eyes for a moment. And then he uttered those words, follow me. Let us return to the Lord. Just for a moment, just see that. See him standing in front of you and just whispering these words into your heart, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Oh, let us return to the Lord.
Oh, let us return to the Lord. Oh, let us return to the Lord. Oh, let us return to the Lord. Lord, I pray for every heart that is responding here in the front. And if you want to, if some of you want to come lay hands on them while I'm praying, you can do that. Um, I do want to ask you. But Father, I just thank you for your mercy and your grace and for the work of your Spirit. Even as we've spoken about the activity of the Holy Spirit at the beginning, I thank you, Lord. It's your Spirit that brought us to this place. And Lord, we just acknowledge that in every heart that responded this morning that you've done a work to bring them to this place. And just respond. We are, just respond towards them. Even if it's just, Lord, I want you. Lord, I respond towards you this morning. I, I acknowledge that you are God. I acknowledge that you are Lord. I acknowledge, Lord, that you are here. Just in your own words, just respond towards them. Respond towards them. few moments I do want to pray a prayer that I want all of us just to pray with but I'm going to give you a minute or two just respond in your own heart towards him turn your own heart towards him sitting in here, you're not, you didn't respond, can I just encourage you to close your eyes and just pray and ask the Lord to come and do what He, he wants to do here, let the whole room just work in faith together. Just where you are, just pray with us. So if you, if you respond, and you, I, I want to just ask you if you can just pray this prayer with me. It's a very simple prayer. And all of us can pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your steadfast love that never changes. We thank you that you've died for us on a cross. We thank you that your blood flowed and for us. We thank you that your body was broken for us. And that we can return to you. The one that died for us. Who made a way for us. Revive us again. Revive us again. Revive us again. Revive us again. Revive us again, Lord. Revive us again. Come and revive us again, Lord. Come revive us again, Lord. Oh, Lord, and I just pray, would you come and do such a work in every heart, Jesus. 
You are the one that revives, Jesus. You are the one that gives life, Lord. And I thank you for every heart that responded. Holy Spirit, I pray. As I mentioned, that dove, Holy Spirit, would you come and come upon every heart that has responded again. A fresh and a new, in Jesus' name. Pour yourself out. Pour yourself out in every heart, Lord, as you delight to do, Jesus. As you delight to do, Jesus. And I want to encourage you, if you have responded, the cross of Christ doesn't do a half work. It washes you as white as snow. <laughs> you are clean. If we respond and bring our sin before Him and receive His forgiveness, you are clean. And I thank you for that gift, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Jesus. I just want to ask in this moment, is there anyone that you don't know Jesus, you've never given your life to Jesus, and you want to respond